The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Thanks for hanging out. Roadshow Thursday. Back to it here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship at the club at Indian Creek. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. It is day one. The number to equal or beat so far, minus eight. And we are perched and parked here underneath the Herdat tent on number 17. If you're coming out, you'll love it. If you're thinking about coming out to the Pinnacle Bank Championship, do yourself a favor, log on PinnacleBankChampionship.com and make that happen. Uh, good to be with you and plenty of football and fun to get into. Numbers to dial up 489-1240, 489-1240 to access the show, 800-825-5865, wherever you listen to the show across the great state of Nebraska. You can also watch Hale Varsity Radio, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel allows you to Look at my uh, adult acne and and also make a comment on football. Elijah got uncomfortable to my left there. <laughs> it's like, Ugh. it was just, yeah, uh, up close and personal. Connor is uh, snickering in the back there. But, uh, yeah, watch the show. Do so. Hail Varsity YouTube channel or Hail Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Guys, uh, we're counting down here. Couple of weeks and it's gopher time. Nebraska will next talk to the media tomorrow. Coach Satterfield, Coach McGuire, interested in how the week of practice is gone. Any new injury updates will be learned about come Saturday with another appearance by Coach Rule. But still some shakeup going on with uh, Notre Dame. What's their next play? Is Vegas, baby, a road trip for us in the future with the Big Ten Conference Championship game? What will the Big Ten look like from a scheduling standpoint? Do you move to 10? And uh, expectations for Nebraska football in 2023. Uh, Really good lineup today. We'll spend time with Brandon Vogel from Hale Varsity. Vogues checks in in about 15 minutes in hour two. Standout Husker wide receiver, part of Alliance Sports, Brandon Kenny. Uh, Wideouts have been on our mind a lot this week with uh, their their injury issues or missing practice. Uh, Who's going to be ready to go come Minnesota? So we'll get Brandon Kenny's perspective, and then Coach Gary Barnett rounds it out in hour two. What's shaking? Elijah, I know you wanted to bring the clubs on. They told you no. I was anxious uh, as well. Connor, you're uh, you're in the air conditioning and you're smiling about it. How is everyone? Well, it's it's really not that hot out here. We it's do, good. It's wonderful. We do we have a breeze, and we do have a little lagoon here to our left if we want to go for a swim. Should it, it come down to it? But I'm wearing the white shirt today. I don't think we want to have the the wet t-shirt contest here <laughs> doing a, a radio show. So maybe we'll have to. I know they got the boat doing tours. We'll have to explore the option of potentially doing the Friday show from the lagoon from the boat. I think that could be some fun uh, because. I don't think they want me going swimming. Other than that, things are going well. We have a nice breeze coming in here, and it's awesome to see uh, all the patrons coming out supporting the uh, the Corn Ferry golfers today. It's uh, it's a fun day out here, Smitty. It is. Uh, you a big boat guy, Connor? Do you ever jump in in Lake Michigan and take the three hour tour? I mean, we used to have a boat, so what ah. we did 
Uh, yes, I, I was a big boat. Were guy, you a sailing guy, or was this just kind of more of a a speedboat Miami Vice tribute? This was a, a ski boat. My dad was a water skier for about give or take 20 years. Really? So he was very good at it. Did not pass those jeans down to me. I can barely even get up on skis, but I do enjoy <laughs> a good boat day. Um, and every once in a while, uh, I will get lucky enough to uh, get invited to a boat on Lake Michigan. That's always a great time. You guys want story time real quick of another Elijah Herbold near-death experience? On, after a, we on a boat? Yeah. Yes. The, store, the, the, the ocean was angry, angry, my friend. Are we going to start with the Costanza set up here? No, no so it was uh, actually Lake of the Ozarks. Look at you. And you and Marty Bird just laundering money. So we're down in, in Branson, and we get a little, like, an afternoon boat tour. It should be all nice. And I've seen the pictures. It's, it's probably based on how young I look in these pictures. Probably one of my first memories. I was probably somewhere in that two to three years old range. And it was so traumatizing, I'll never forget it. We're out in this boat. And as we're out in this boat, like a, a, a decently long little just sightseeing tour, uh, a storm rolls through. And this was a vicious thunderstorm. I am talking, they sent us below deck. None of the tables and chairs were bolted down. So it's me as like a a three-year-old trying to avoid chairs and tables going flying. Chaos. I, th- I thought, like, I was going to die, and this is probably as a two- or three-year-old not knowing what the concept of death even was, but I remember how terrifying it was, and I, I had to overcome that that fear of boats. We went on a cruise following my eighth-grade year, uh, going into high school for my grandparents' 50th wedding anniversary, and I did not like getting on that boat, and it took some, not even therapy, just some recollection and some, some talking about it with my family to understand that my fear of boats, which I have since overcome, was developed from a very young age whenever I almost died on Lake of the Ozarks. You've had a lot of almosts with the uh, the near death. But I'm still here. They can't take me down, baby. No, the uh, the boat rides, though, are awesome. Uh, get here, experience that. No Michael, thunderstorms in the forecast. <laughs> Michael Brunts, this uh, is for you. Gopher and Doc are waiting. Uh, if we look to the Twitter feed, as Bruncey was asking if we can ride the boat. Yes, you can get on the boat, Bruncey, and put on the, uh, the, the the life jacket. We were taking water in the ocean in Ireland last year. This was the Sunday after the Nebraska and Northwestern game last year. Captain Ted had, it wasn't a yacht, but it was bigger than the boat I had in western Nebraska that my grandpa had. And it was great. It had a below deck area. We ate seafood on, on the, uh, you know, on, on the, the deck, and it was great. And Ireland Eye is this tiny, tiny, tiny little island uh, outside of the village of, of, of Hoth, or Haith, Hoth, whatever, uh, is where we were staying. So it's great. You have like four lighthouses. It's kind of the northeast quarter of, of Dublin extended. There's a little uh, peninsula that jets out, and then there's, there's where all the, the boats are docked. And uh, we went out there. Cranach's buddy Ted hooked it up. We were there. And then there was just a little too much water coming in. So about halfway out to Ireland's Eye, we uh, turned around, came back, and, and finished our, uh, our seafood extravaganza and had some beers in the lighthouse. Did they give you, like, a, a bucket to stay afloat? No. They, they said, Schmidt, you're asthmatic. You stay up top. <laughs> here's, here's a Geddes. Just stay out of the way. So, yeah, that was interesting. I mean, it, it was technically ocean, but you were close enough to Ireland's eye that hmm. it, was, it, was, it was beautiful. I mean, they flooded everyone's uh, timelines with, with the pictures about, about a year ago as we were getting ready. But and, and talking about boats just always reminds me of that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. 
I think maybe for the younger audience, Connor might know what I'm talking about, the implication episode. I, I won't get into it on the air, but <laughs> just talking about boats and owning a boat always always reminds me of that episode. For those out there that know, they know. I don't think I can talk too much about okay. it on the air. But. Best day is when you buy or sell the boat, right? That's what uh, the, the, the wives or girlfriends would say. So, guys, let's talk a little bit here about Nebraska and uh, the single-digit numbers handed out. Reimer, Billy Kemp, Sims, Gifford. Uh, your early clubhouse leaders for captains, I would think, as well. But we talked a lot yesterday about that difference maker Nebraska needs to have on each side of the football. You presume that Sims and Kemp can be that on offense with the offensive line getting their uh, stuff together. Reimer and Gifford at that second and third level. Uh, Gifford's really a talented player that's that's going to thrive I think in this 3-3-5 and as it translates to wins Mitch Sherman always puts out a really good story or two or three or many uh, with the athletic and he got into the the expectation part of things with you know what what is the number and if you're over six you've overachieved year one if you're coach rule if you're at six you've probably hit the mark and you're ahead of schedule uh, based on what you've done in first years at your other two stops. If you're below six and you don't get to bowling, it's a little bit rough because I, I think there's a lot of folks, and I think the coaches would say this too, you got to put it all together, but there's enough groceries to make a good meal, i.e. get to that six or better number. Have you guys settled in yet? I mean, I know the number, and, and Brennan chimes in, that uh, the, the number for Nebraska-Minnesota is – plus six and a half right now uh that is dropped down it was eight and a half to start the season despite some of the injury or slash guys missing practice this week that rule touched on you 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 think they'll be ready you don't know how stable the offensive line is going to be on the left side as they continue to coach guys up but i think that six and a half taking nebraska in the points i i'm i may do that uh I, i think it can be one of those close ball games dare i say but maybe it gets done the right way to finish out if you're nebraska so well that six and a half number is interesting because what is that that's a one score game and if nebraska starts <laughs> it's a off, one score game against minnesota if, ne- if nebraska covers but does not win that game if they lose by one score against minnesota the first game under rule oh it's going to be a fun post game show Schmidt. listen well <laughs> you know what though i i think you know your memory is Son of a bee, Nebraska is now seven and twenty-six, not under Frost, but seven and twenty-six in their last series of one-score games. If you lose your first one under the new coach, but you play better, and Minnesota just out-executes, it, it's gonna sting, and you can absolutely go here we go again. But it's it's not the same context, it's not the same situation. New team, new staff, and. Same same ask. It's a tough opener for Nebraska on the road. At least it's not in Ireland this year. But it's you're going to Champaign or you're going to Illinois again. If you go back to the 2019 season, you're always opening up on the road. In this instance, you're kicking off the college football season. You're not doing it abroad, but you are doing it uh, against Minnesota. I like this. Give me the Gophers game one two or three because they're vastly different game five through 12 Mm -hmm. they get better they develop depth and they become a real pain in the neck for a lot of teams 
in the Big Ten West and beyond. They're that type of program. They get better as the year goes on. They have uh, survived. Survived some teams there as a Power Five supposed to be better than. Even that 11-2 and two season, you go back to that, they were lucky to be 3-0 and uh, in 2019. And then what really kind of catapulted them confidence-wise was their demolition of Nebraska that cold night on a Saturday. So we get back to that six number, and you look at what ESPN predicts right around 5.7. Uh, you have some Vegas spots say the over-under 6.5, and, and, and I think you know the goal should be 6. And you can look at the schedule and talk yourself into some wins, but I think a lot of Nebraska fans right now, there is no ink. They are they are going to fill out their their garage schedule, fellas, in in pencil just based on how the last few years have gone, despite it being a new regime. Yeah, I think both of the the spread number and the overall number I think is fair. I think six and a half at Minnesota is a fair number. I think six wins or six and a half on the over under for Nebraska's win total is also a pretty fair number. And to touch on that one score loss thing that you were talking about, Schmitty, the the record of seven and twenty six. And I agree. I mean, if they if, lose. Right, right. <laughs> it, if they lose. But if they go out and lose, and I agree with you, they show signs of life and they show signs of what they can be because it will be game one, obviously. That will go, I think, a, a pretty long way being the first game under a new coach. But I think it'll be the here we go again conversation if it's one of those instances where, say, you hold the uh, the opponent to 15 yards in the second half, and you still end up losing. You can't lose a way that'll make you want to throw up after the game. You gotta, if you're gonna lose that way, you gotta make sure that you're in the game and you're not losing it in some heartbreaking fashion, or you're not blowing an 11 point lead, or whatever the case may be. Well, think about how many games this year, as we look at it right now, are probably gonna be one score games in the fourth quarter. You started off with Minnesota in the fourth quarter. That Absolutely. should be a one score game based on talent. I say the same about Colorado. Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech, we'll see. They should be wins, but I'll, I'll wait. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of, lot of yeah. should-bes. You've reevaluated the should-be part from your vocabulary. Yes, and then you, you look further ahead in the schedule. Illinois should be a one-score game in the fourth. That's how Bielema plays. Northwestern, you would think based on how much of a mess they'd be, Nebraska should be able to, uh, to win that game by multiple scores. But then again, it's the Big Ten, and that's how the, the lower half of the Big Ten tends to go, a whole bunch of one-score games. Michigan State's likely a one-score game. Maryland in the fourth quarter, likely a one-score game. It might be high scoring, but likely you're going to have a chance. Wisconsin and Iowa both realistically could be one-score games in that fourth quarter. Look at just how much of a difference this season's going to have. I mean, you could realistically, if you're perfect in one-score games late, you could realistically be 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three. I'm not saying Nebraska's going to get there, but there's a lot of games that should be close on this like schedule. And if Nebraska can pull out a one-score game in Mar- or in, uh, against Minnesota week one, I look at this season a whole lot differently than I do right now if you're able to improve that record in one-score games because that's just how the Big Ten is. You're going to be playing in a lot of close games in the fourth quarter. Are you able to hit that 75 yards rushing in the fourth? And are you able to, you know what, come back from down three when you start the fourth quarter and win or hold on to that, that three-point lead when the fourth quarter starts? That's going to be a huge key to the season. Can you just break even? Can you break even in one-score games and not be totally awful Mm -hmm. in one-score games? And there's going to be a difference. Do you lose a one-score game by someone else who's on scholarship making a play and getting in field goal range? Do you lose that way versus your own stupidity or lack of execution or it's just sloppy football? Because Nebraska's been betting against Nebraska for a, a few years here. 
and it's it's turned the other way. We'll check in with Brandon Vogel. He's coming up from HailVarsity.com and Magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. Get his take on that uh, Magic 6 number. Uh, see what he seems to think uh, with the projections. And also, how about putting some money down? Vegas will be the place uh, when we talk Big Ten Championship. Hail Varsity continues as we're at the Pinnacle Bank Championship Day 1, Round 1, here at the club at Indian Creek. Come on by and uh, log on, PinnacleBankChampionship.com, to get your ticket information. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, Brandon Vogel with this Hale Varsity Radio. As you hear the crowd behind us, we are perched up on 17. Round one of the Pinnacle Bank Championship. We're here tomorrow. Your chance at uh, 10 grand. You can log on for more information on that uh, with uh, your friends at Herdat and the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Uh, get your tickets in here. Enjoy. We're not far from the Patron Zone. In my hand, I have Hale Varsity yearbooks that are incredible. Brandon Vogel and the crew did an exceptional job yet again with uh, your Husker football fix. Vogues, we've talked boats because there's a boat here for this extended water hazard that some of us have found here before at the late great Jack Jack Pierce golf tournament Uh, so boats water golf football I mean it's it's more than a trifecta how are you I'm doing well Um, hopefully this segment doesn't end in a couple of minutes because I'm not huge on boats I'm not huge on water I'm not huge on golf but I do like football so (laughs) you're good steer me in that direction maybe maybe we'll make it so did did you have any terrifying experiences on a boat as a young child like myself that that kind of traumatized you from a young age no i grew up in the panhandle um there's no water (laughs) a lot of water (laughs) or boats um golf no excuse uh although the town that i grew up in uh like the story we were told was uh hemingford had one of three i think i think three was the number uh golf courses with sand greens i don't know if you guys are mm-hmm. familiar with sand greens where like you just kind of get it towards the hole and everybody says like ah good enough um <clears throat> but yeah so it just it wasn't part of my part of my environment growing up football and the, was though and the sand greens if you're wondering out there they, they come from depression era america whenever a lot of golf courses out there they didn't want to pay the water bills to keep their greens nice so what do they do they just dump some bags of sand on their green call it good people can continue golfing i could use those quite frequently yeah. <laughs> well whenever i play with schmitty that's how we do it too you get close enough to the hole we'll call it good, good. Yeah. but brandon quickly tell us about the outfit change you made on camera i think you had on an apron and i've i've been looking around I don't think it may have been called an apron because if it's for men, they, they immediately call it like a tactical grilling smock or something <laughs> like that. But I, I saw you make the outfit change. Tell us about that. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine with an apron. I, I just un- unbuckled the top strap. I can put it back on for the people <laughs> on uh, on video. Um, yeah, in the middle of uh, getting some dinner ready. Uh, but I was like, oh, maybe I'll take this off last second. So you guys can tell me what you what you prefer. Um, but I did. I did indeed have an apron on, uh, courtesy of Artifact Bags. Uh, I'm not paid to say this, but fine, <laughs> Omaha Company. 
So Vogue's the butcher Vogel uh, with us here on uh, on Hale Varsity, and we're going to call that a tactical grilling smock. I like it. It's it's <laughs> you know it's 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 smock twenty twenty three with with Coach Rule. So Vogue's we were diving into the the win total and and also the the spread against the Gophers, how it's dropped a couple of points since it started out. All that despite some question marks with who's going to be healthy two weeks from today uh, with uh, Nebraska kicking off against Minnesota. And interested in, in your aim, uh, is, is six the minimum? Is six an overachievement? Or wh- where do you fall with uh, that, that, that win total projection here? What six gets you postseason? Yeah, I think um, somewhere in between. I would I would put six at perfectly fine. Of like, okay, you're in you're in a you landed square in the gray area, depending on context of, of how those six came and and what it took to get there. Like, you could go either way from there. Well, not maybe it's not in the gray area. Like, I don't think you could go down from there. Of like, you would go into 2024 being like, ah, they won six games. We'll see. Like, I think if they won six based on where Nebraska has been, you go into 2024 feeling pretty good. Um, That said, like, I think the range of outcomes for Nebraska here um, is is higher than six, though if they don't get the wide receiver room sorted out, that's kind of emerged for me at least as, as a potential pain point. And we still got a lot of questions to to answer, you know, offensive line, et cetera. I mean, I think I think most of the questions probably lie on offense, at least when I, when I look at it. Um, so I, I wouldn't say six is a minimum, for sure. But like, I think the numbers at like six, six and a half. If if I had to take that today, I'd take the over. Though I don't think like it's an easy it's an easy over to take. Mm. It's Brandon Vogel with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, whenever we, we discuss this and, and the win total number, it feels like there's a big difference between six and eight. If Nebraska were to get to six, I think Husker fans are content. Yeah, that's what you expect from Nebraska. If you get to eight, that feels like a big step in year one. I kind of want to ask you a, a question that we were getting into yesterday. What is the difference on the field from Nebraska between six and eight wins? And I kind of lump six and seven together as both being middle of the road. Yeah, it's improvement. It's not where Husker fans want to be in the long run. If you get to eight in year one, though, I think Husker fans are going to be overjoyed with the product on the field. And I want to get your take on what does that look like? What does Nebraska need to, to add to what they have on the field right now in order to get to eight? What, what, what is that, that little fine margin that can get you there? Yeah, good good question. And I think you're I think you're right on with the difference between six and eight. Um, from what I've looked at in the past and I haven't looked at it recently, like the the the, the most probable range of outcomes for a team is they're gonna fall within about one and a half wins of whatever that kind of betting betting total is that comes out. So if Nebraska's at six and a half, that puts you at eight or five mm-hmm. as like the most kind of like reasonable range. Um, so getting to eight, getting to the top end of that, which like if, if Nebraska's win total right now were eight, 
I'm guessing like even a lot of diehard Husker fans, like super optimists would be like, uh, that, that seems a bit high. That under looks uh, enticing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but to get there, uh, it, it probably requires some stuff that you don't totally control in my opinion, which would be, and you know, this is something Matt rule mentioned recently, like Nebraska ends up plus six plus eight in turnover margin. Yeah. They can get to eight with that. Probably. If they remain healthy, um, they can get to eight. It's it's those sorts of things which you know it's maybe it doesn't make for good radio fodder or even just good off season fodder in general. But unless you're Georgia, where you're talking about like, well, what's the difference between twelve and zero and eleven and one? Like it's it's those things. When you're a team that's in that six, seven, eight win range. Um, that's that's a lot of what it comes down to. And and the whole game of college football is getting to the Georgia point where, well, you're just good enough where, like, if you, you know, have some bad turnover luck, if you have some bad injury luck, eh, you might only win 10 or 11 games. And, and Nebraska was there for a long time. It's just not right now. Brandon Vogel's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, and we were talking about the spread for the Minnesota game as well, six and a half right now, Nebraska underdogs. I tend to think that number is pretty fair. Your thoughts on that? It has gone down since it first came out, but uh, Nebraska about a touchdown underdog in Minneapolis. Yeah, feels feels pretty fair to me as well. Um, and and I did note over the past couple of weeks that it's that it's gone down a little bit. You know, Minnesota's a team. Well, a lot like Nebraska with what we're just just talking about. I don't know what their win total is off the top of my head, but they're a team that's probably in that same range where if you give them a game and a half on either side, you're like, well, they could win the big 10 West or they could finish, you know, middle of the pack to maybe bottom third uh, of the big 10 West. And, and, and that's a lot of teams in this division. You know, I just pulled up my notebook. <clears throat> so the initial FPI ratings put that Nebraska Minnesota game at Minnesota minus seven. So we're, we're right there. And SP Plus, which, you know, these these rankings came out, I think, in February or early March, had it at Minnesota minus nine, which that was before, like, the second transfer window, all of that stuff. So minus six and a half um, for, for Minnesota feels, like, fair, um, but might even be, like, reflecting a little bit of enthusiasm behind Nebraska at this point. Vogue's couple of minutes here. Brandon Vogel with his author, Dream Like a Champion, with John Cook. Coach Cook made a nice appearance on episode one of Nebraska's rendition of Hard Knocks. So what do you think, as you boil it down here, about Nebraska's schedule? More doable, not so fast, my friend. Are you optimistic about the schedule? Do you think it's more doable? They're going to have to make a lot of hay early, which, you you know, you mentioned that great kind of YouTube series that, that Nebraska put out. We've only seen episode one, but uh, special shout out to John Cook for getting that book cover in in front of all of the, the football team. <laughs> I'm sure they noticed my name on, on the cover of that book. I did. <laughs> There's folks. There's folks. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you look at – well, you look at the start of the season – Colorado, total, like, wild card. Like, pick a card, any card. Who knows what you're going to get. Might be an ace, might be a deuce. 
for me at least. Um, <laughs> Minnesota, <laughs> Minnesota's well well established at this point. Like they're they're going to play hard and be a tough out no matter what, particularly on the road. But because it's the first game, gets a little wild and woolly pretty quickly. Uh, so you'll, you'll, you'll take Nebraska's chances in that. If they're a six-and-a-half-point favorite, favorite, figure two-and-a-half points for just home field alone, and then all of a sudden that, that number gets down to four. Um, you got to win those two non-conference games at home. That's, that's really the key to the whole thing for me. And I think both Northern Illinois and Louisiana Tech have the chance to be pretty good this year, so those aren't like layups. And, and once you get through those first four games, I feel like we'll have a really good sense of, of the shape that this this season's going to take. Michigan's up next. But then, you know, you kind of get into the Illinois, the Purdue. I'm forgetting if Maryland technically falls in there. Like, it's that October stretch where you've really got to be kind of playing your best football to set yourself up for November where in the Big Ten – it becomes just survival. Like you're going to have to play Wisconsin. You're going to have to play Iowa. Um, you're going to be dealing with injuries as is everybody. Like November's hard to survive in, in the big 10. If you look back at Nebraska's, you know, recent past, that's, that's become the, the area where it's, it's really tough. And I remember, you know, Polini spanned eras between the big 12 and the big 10, but like those Nebraska teams were usually pretty good in November. Um, and I think if you want to win in this conference consistently, you have to be. But that seems like a, a, a kind of like next year project for, for where Nebraska's trying to get to. It's Brandon Vogel with us, HailVarsity.com and Magazine, Dream Like a Champion, the author with John Cook. Vogues, we'll talk Saturday. Thanks for making time today. Thank you. Put my tactical smock back on. <laughs> and now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. Thanks for hanging out. Hale Varsity Roadshow Thursday opening round of the Pinnacle Bank Championship here at the club. Indian Creek, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We're back here tomorrow, 4-6, to six, as uh, we gear up. Uh, just an incredible event here, PinnacleBankChampionship.com, where you log on, and it could be a great team-building outing with your uh, mates from work. Uh, think about that. Uh, we are next to the Patron Center. Uh, on 17 the food and drink area behind us shout out to jaybird everyone knows jaybird in lincoln and hayes center uh mr tomlinson mr altman the the crew uh wearing that silver hawk green and, and silver uh, up here it was good to see them gross what I still have some love for uh, for the Knights in my heart. So know, do I. I'm a Southeast Oh, you don't guy. have enough. I don't have enough. <laughs> I cheer for everybody in Lincoln and Omaha and out in central Nebraska and western Nebraska. I love everybody. Is that okay? Is that Mr. good with Wonderful. you? What'd you say? You're Mr. Wonderful. <laughs> Mr. Wonderful. It's passable. It's passable. It, it, it works. But uh, numbers to get in, 489-1240, 489-1240. To contact us, can email chris at hailvarsity.com and be part of the stream. The Hail Varsity YouTube channel is what you log on. Subscribe to that. Check things out uh, that way. And uh, I want to remind you about your friends at Dyer Law. So uh, if you have a personal injury situation, have you been in an accident where you're hurt, you can count on and turn to Dyer Law, the team to provide you with a helping hand you need. 
no matter what you're dealing with, give Dyer Law and the team a call today at 1-888-DYER-LAW. 1-888-DYER-LAW. Or visit Dyer.Law to chat with a trusted professional about your personal injury claim. That's Dyer Law, 1-888-DYER-LAW or Dyer.Law. Do so today. Uh, A lot of injury potential when the Big Ten jumps to a 10-game conference schedule. Bill Bender wrote about that earlier in the week. I love it, but I need need some guarantees, okay? I need a guarantee that I'm still going to get a good non-con game, be it somebody from the Big 12. I need a guarantee that there's... Maybe a directional school, but it be kind of could be kind of fun to see somebody come in. Uh, a decent win or a decent yes on that schedule. And then you, you fill out the rest because you're going to have an opportunity every week to have a good team. Now, uh, it, it's still hard to get excited for a lot of Nebraska fans about Purdue. Uh, I think you're growing in the respect level of Illinois. You know, they're no joke. Michigan's Michigan. Ohio State's Ohio State. But... Washington, Oregon, SC, UCLA, that's exciting. That's must-see, must-attend football, uh, home or away. But but matchups like this where you have Colorado on the schedule, Tennessee on the schedule in the near future, it's a tough ball game, and, and your schedule could be littered with really brutal ball games. That says you're going to have a little grace, I would think, out of the Big Ten with a real possibility of three or four playoff teams. So eight and four is going to look pretty good when there's a field of 12. Just don't jack with those must-see matchups because you're going to have more conference opportunity. And here's where I'm at, Schmitty. With an 18-team conference, the Big Ten is going to be here soon. I think you can get by with nine games. Playing 50% of the conference, it's not ideal. You know what? They can make it work, though. As soon as the conference expands beyond 18, a conference slate's a joke if you're playing less than half the conference. I think that has to be your number. You have to play at least half the conference. So I think if you move to 20 or to 24, you're going to start getting that expanded conference slate. And I think the first one to go, Schmidt, it's not going to be the directional school. I think the NCAA is going to make sure of that. How many directional schools, McNeese States, schools of that magnitude? Troy's, Troy, Northern Illinois. Southwest Tennessee State. I don't even know if that's a real school or not. It doesn't matter. How many schools it, like that might be. <laughs> make their entire football budget, though, off of playing that Power 5 sure. and going and losing by 70? I don't think that's going away anytime soon. And I think, well, and then you also have the Appalachian States that come in and sting Michigan and, you know what, ma- make a big legit, deal. Dude. That's that's 07, though. That's been a while. And, yes. and, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's going to go away, though, because that's how those schools make their money. I think the NCAA is going to stand up for those schools and say, you know what, these teams still need to go, their, go get their multi-million dollar paychecks from Nebraska and Ohio State and, and Michigan and whoever else. I don't think that's going away. I think the first one that goes away is those those interconference matchups, intra-conference matchups, where it's Nebraska-Colorado, Nebraska-Oklahoma. Don't damage your conference strength to schedule. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to say, you know what, it's better for us to have a 3-0 Nebraska playing a 3-0 Ohio State than it is a 2-1 Nebraska playing a 3-0 Ohio State because Nebraska went and lost to, to Oklahoma in their non-conference. I think that's going to go away simply for the fact of with the, the conference fo- or the college football playoff expanding, you're going to be able to get those matchups in the postseason. The college football playoff is going to know that and say, hey, a rematch between Nebraska and Oklahoma, it's got a little less luster than the first matchup of the season. That's whenever those matchups are going to be saved. I see the conference slate expanding, and you know what? 
10 out of 12, and eventually, whenever the conferences move to 24, maybe we're talking 12 out of 14 if they expand the college football season, which I think is going to be coming because right now, TV dollar runs college football, and you can only go make more money if you add more games, similar to what the NFL did a couple years ago, expanding to 17. I think that's the way of the future, and I think those intra-conference matchups are going to go away in order to save money for the postseason. So you know what? If you want to play conference to conference, that's a postseason matchup. I I just don't don't make it the first thing that's taken off the table. And you, you make too much sense with what you're saying, but I'd still like to see the Oklahomas... The, you know, get Kansas and Coach Lance or get Nebraska K-State or get Nebraska Colorado. Those still, some of those old school conference showdowns still are fun. That's that's uh, a, a great memory with the old guy in the room here growing up. But I understand your logic. And if you're Trev and the rest of the ADs, don't un- unnecessarily hurt well, yourself. Well, if you're Nebraska, look at the, the, the schedule this year. Which game do you have the most to lose and the least to win? It's Colorado. Yeah. You're keeping the fans happy, but if you lose that game against Colorado, a rebuilding Colorado under Dion, you have a lot to lose in that game. And if you beat Colorado, people are going to say, well, look at all the turnover from Colorado last year. There's, there's no, not much it's, to win. It's you beat Colorado, awesome, because it's Colorado. But there's nothing else beyond that. That's the first game that's going to go away because, you know what, we want the Louisiana Texans and the Northern Illinois to make sure after a Minnesota game we're ready to go for the conference state. We get to iron out some things that we learned about ourselves after the Minnesota game. We don't have to jack with Colorado. We're going to learn some things about ourselves, and we're going to dive right back into that conference slate knowing if we can finish top four in the conference, we probably have a spot in the college football playoff, and you don't get to harm yourself by potentially losing a non-conference foe. Connor, five home, five road. That is finally even for this 10-game schedule, at least in conference play? I think it makes sense. I mean, I agree. I think it, you you got to play at least 50% of your conference. And I don't know. The whole non-con thing is weird because when you do want to get some things ironed out, when you talk about college football playoff, it's still going to be valued, right, when it comes to your strength of overall schedule. So I think that's kind of a topic that we could dive into for uh, quite a while, to be honest sure. with you. But I, I agree. I think the 10-game conference schedule is – probably the best move especially past 18 teams so mm-hmm. i agree with what you had to say Elijah. well and listen the sec has been getting benefit of the doubt for how long because of how loaded their league is mm-hmm. and you have a, a multi-loss team in the sec getting the nod over a team with a better record uh, use that to your advantage if you're the big 10 and no doubt they will with their scheduling We'll wind down Hour 1 here where the Pinnacle Bank Championship, the club at Indian Creek. Hail Varsity continues presented by Currency. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Brandon Kenny, Gary Barnett, next hour here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. We're right here at 17. Log on, PinnacleBankChampionship.com. Get your tickets, your passes. I think I am taking Junior with me tomorrow. We're going to bring him up here. We're going to make him haul equipment, too. He doesn't know that yet. Sasha's making it happen. She's going to put us on the boat tomorrow. She's going to put us on the boat. I said it back in the first segment. We're going to do the show from, from the boat here on 17 as this water hazard stretches behind I have found the water here. I have had one guy cut the corner to the fairway on this when I was playing in a tournament out here, and it was a marvelous 
yard tee shot. Beautifully done. Cut the corner over the water? Yeah, Lance Novotny. Uh, shout out. Mm. No free shout outs, but shout out. No. <laughs> well, he earned after, that. He after, earned that shout after out. After that shot? <laughs> hell yes. After that. But what do you think of that, man? Water, radio equipment, wind. Yeah, the, golf like balls. The, the technical difficulties are going to keep me up all night as I worry about that. <laughs> uh, but on the other side, the opportunities are endless. And, and nothing in life, you know, that, that is uh, got a worth little risk doing. to it, worth doing, you know, is not going to keep you up all night. The opportunities are going to be there. And it's going to be my fretting about that tonight of Schmitty going overboard with the, the Comrex unit and his headset and everything that's going to keep me up. But... <laughs> We'll see. It depends on if Schmidt hits the Patron zone before the show tomorrow or not. Uh, I will not. <laughs> well, I hate to be uh, the bearer of bad news, Elijah, but unfortunately you probably will not be on the boat tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, I know Connor's got a Salt Dogs game that he's working tomorrow. Our, our good friend Will from the Morning Hookup, he's going to be at the bar working, not in an alcoholic kind of way. Um, <laughs> so that leaves he's me not, back in He's Lincoln. not putting a 9 to 5 in tomorrow. <laughs> nope. Uh, at, 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 the, uh, at, the, at the bar. Uh, just tuned in. Brian checks in. Has Stanford joined the MAC yet? No, they have, they have not. <laughs> uh, the MAC will kindly say, dude. You and your ACT and SATs and tech money, thank you. No thank you. We'll see what Notre Dame does uh, in, in ushering Cal and Stanford over the ACC and the service academies. The ACC may have one ace uh, left yet to play. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But I'm, I'm jacked, man. If we can do this show from a boat tomorrow. And one of my favorite songs ever, Jimmy Buffett, Boat Drinks. Hey, hey. You could show it. up with a cooler. One, I mean, that's your favorite Jimmy Buffett song? I said one of my favorite. I was going to say, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's right there. Yeah, but see, I'm talking like when I was born era Jimmy Buffett versus, you know, when when you're listening to, to Jimmy. and It's actually 5 o'clock in four minutes. It is. Well, speaking of it, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, and we were talking about Will not being alcoholic. That's the most, like, alcoholic <laughs> anthem of all time. The fact that he's talking about, like, getting a screwdriver on your lunch break and you have to take a taxi back to work. <laughs> Like I think that it's, it's a great just, song. Don't get me wrong. No, it is, but it's it's a reality where there are folks all around, and I don't frown on it at all. Where you got to have one or two just to get back to work because your job sucks. But he's talking like screwdrivers make it a double. You know, I'm going to have three here on my lunch break. Sure, Whew, that's something. Uh, Moonbots right on. Oh, that is Alan Jackson. Brendan is correct. It's featuring Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. But. Hey, where's the beacon? Uh, yeah. Uh, reminder to buckle up. Legitimately, <laughs> uh, use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries. Only if properly worn. Buckle up. A message from the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety Office. We'll dive into that wide receiver room. Uh, standout Husker Brandon Kenny going to kick us off next hour here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back into it, it's Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity Radio here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Day one, the club at Indian Creek, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and Connor Clark. We welcome in a standout Husker and uh, part of those teams that got to the conference title games. 
now owner and trainer for Alliance Sports Training, Brandon Getty with us. BK, how's it going, man? You ready for another football season? Thanks for the time. Yeah, absolutely. What's up, man? So glad to be here with you guys. Absolutely, man. I just tell my wife, I said, babe, I'm so excited. Football is around. So now every weekend after our game, we can just sit around and watch football. <laughs> That's the way to do it. That is the absolute way to do it. Uh, no, no time off, no days off. And I know we'll talk about your, your weekend event coming up here with Alliance Sports. But how are you feeling, man, as you look at this 2023 Nebraska squad with Coach mm-hmm. Rule? I'm excited, man. I got a chance to go down there one of the spring practices, um, and I got to talk with Coach Rule, man. And I just love, like, how just, like, normal he is, right? Like, he, A, he already looks like he should be, like, a recruiting coordinator, right? He don't even look like he should be the head coach. But then when you get to talk to him and you ask him certain questions, like me and Prince went down there, uh, Prince said, hey, like, what are, your, what are your core values? What are your pillars? And he's like, I don't know. I'll let them figure it out. I was like, okay. He was like, you know, we steer them where we needed to be, but, like, they have to play the game. So they need to figure it out, and then we go with that. So I, I like the vibe around what he's doing. I just seen, like, um, like an end-of-practice end speech that he had the other day, and I was like, dude, that made that, like, that gave me chills. I was ready to run through a wall after hearing something like that. Brandon Kenny with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, you offer a, a pretty unique perspective on a week like this because we've been talking a lot about some injuries in the wide receiver room and maybe some young guys needing to step up in the wide receiver room. And you're a guy who did that both at community college and then your first year at Nebraska, you're a newcomer, and you, you saw a decent amount of action your first season at Nebraska. So tell me, yeah. what does it take for a young wide receiver to earn the trust of the coaching staff and be able to see the field whenever there could be a need there this upcoming season for the Huskers? Just being coachable as much as possible. Um, I remember being so down um, because I wasn't getting the reps that I thought I deserved and, uh, and, and I, I wasn't getting in the games and you know all these different things. But it's like... Play fast. Um, so they can't trust you when you get in there because that's what Coach Gilmore would tell me all the time. He said, dude, we love what you're doing. We just got to be able to trust you when you get out there. And I had to get in there in and out to make a few mistakes until I kind of start... Start, start, until I started to catch my second win, I feel like the Iowa State game, um, my my junior year, I believe, where I kind of had like maybe three or four catches, but it was like a confidence booster for me. Um, so you just got to earn the coach's trust by learning the playbook, learning where you need to be so you can play fast at all times. Now, Brandon, when you were kind of gearing up to take that role and just staying ready as you mentioned and there's a couple of guys on this roster right now that may have an opportunity throughout the year so what was probably the most important thing for you to stay ready when you weren't in that starting role to be honest it was the guys around me uh, the now Paul the Chris Brooks um, they would stay uplifting me during that time they would keep you know keep on telling me hey man keep going dude you got it you're physical you're fast you got it you just got to figure out the small things and again, coming from junior college, you got away with a lot too as well, right? Like I was able to get away with some things just being athletic than other guys. But now when you step it up another level, now it's got, you have to be technique sound um, in everything that you do. Brandon Kenny joining us here Varsity City Radio here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. The club at Indian Creek, we're on number 17, is uh, where we're set up. Alliance Sports Trading, that is what Brandon Kitty is doing. And you mentioned a, a big word, Brandon, a little bit ago. That was trust. 
and it's been talked about. It's been talked about by position coaches. It's been talked about by Rule. And it's been talked mm-hmm. about by the players. Talk a little bit about that two-way street from a trust standpoint, you earning the coaches' trust, but also being able to trust the coaches. Absolutely. And that and that's simply just understanding when the coach is telling you something, if it's about playing time, if it's about things they need to see that you're doing, that you make sure that you do all those things. And that's how you can keep coaches accountable in a sense, too. Of like, hey, coach, I sat down and asked you what, what I needed to get on the field. I feel like I'm doing that. If I'm not, show me, right? Um, so we can kind of figure this out together. But I tell players all the time, especially my parents or the youth kids that I coach, I say, look, we want to play the best kids. We, you, we want to win, right? It's about building them up and everything else, but we want to win. So we're going to play the best kids, but we're going to play the kids that give us that shot to win, but that we also can trust when they're out there on the field to do exactly what we're telling them to do. It's Brandon Kinney with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Brandon, I don't want to look too far ahead here, but – I do want to look forward to the Minnesota game just in terms of of how important that first game is for starting your season off right and getting some momentum in the right way. Scott Frost, during his time at Nebraska, never quite got a season started off on the right foot. And Matt Rule, I think there's some optimism for what he can do in game one with the amount of talent that Minnesota lost last season. And whenever you you look ahead, what do you want to see in game one, Nebraska-Minnesota? We've heard a ton out of fall camp. I don't think it really matters until this team goes and proves it on the field. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah, man, to be honest, a win obviously would be great, right, to start it off. But just to see these boys get out there and play, um, get out there and play fast and play hard and tackle, 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 tackle really well, right? I know that was a thing um, during Scott's time that we didn't see a lot of. And, you know, things came out afterwards that they didn't really work on that type of stuff and do those type of things. So it's like you want to see that. And I think the small victories add up too, right? I mean, especially when you're going through a coaching change, culture change, and the coaches too as well, any small wins that you can take, you need to take, and you need to praise them and be excited about it. Um, And I think the win is just cherries on top, if you can add that. Brandon Kitty's with us on Hale Varsity Radio, and I want to go back to that speech that you were talking about from Matt Rule the other day, and we talked on the show yesterday about how establishing a new culture is extremely important. What are your thoughts on the culture that Matt Rule has been implementing here in a short time in Lincoln? I love it, man. I absolutely love it because I just feel like it's just honest. It's honest, it's upfront, and it's the things that he wants to do. I also like, too, as well, like, like, we don't always know the stories behind these kids that, you know, end up transferring or getting suspended and things like that. But I love it because it's setting a standard, right? It's saying, like, look, man, this is mine. This is how we're going to do it. If you don't want to do it, that's okay. But this is what it's going to be. And if you're not going to do it, then you can't be here, right? So, like, I love to see those things happening because change is happening, right? And not everybody is okay with it, right? Some people don't like it. Some people don't understand it, right? And especially at a young age, you know, I always thought, too, is what I was always right at times. You don't understand? So, um, I love to see that because I believe that he's figuring it out. He's making changes that need to be made. And, Brandon, to marry those last two questions together, What can you look for from a fan point of view, what you can see on television in that Minnesota game to see how that culture at Nebraska is coming along? Is there anything that you can glean from just watching a team on the field in their first game to see where the culture is at? Yeah, I think that you just look at and you compare the teams that you've seen last year to now, right? How they tackle, the energy, the camaraderie. 
that you can critique to be able to see that. Um, but I believe that he's he's absolutely doing that, and I believe it, I believe the honesty behind it all is what gears it all. You know, especially after that spring game, him saying, "Hey, we're we're, we're not there yet." And to me, that was basically saying like, "We're not good." And so quit the you know quit the rah rah this and that. We got a while to go, and that's what I'm here for for the long haul to work and get after that. Brandon Kenny can find him on Twitter. Do so at bkenny84 and Alliance Sports Training. Brandon, those teams were really good in close games. Mm-hmm. They were good in the mm-hmm. Big Ten. They were good in the Big Twelve. Why were you guys? able to not only win tight ball games, but overcome mm-hmm. some pretty large deficits? Uh, to, to be honest, Maker, it was the standard. It was just the standard and what Bo expected from us, what he wanted from us, and what he demanded. Um, and I think when you make it black and white, especially for young kids, in this day now, with all the NIL stuff and everything else, like, I needed black and white as a young man. I needed it because if you gave me gray, I was going to take gray all day, right? But if you gave me black and white, I had a choice. So it's either be here, fall in line with the team, or I'm, or I'm an outcast, right? So uh, I believe it was that. It was just a standard that they stood for and that, that we were going to be able to, um, um, I guess, play up to. And, and all the players believed in that. We all trusted that, and we all wanted to play with that type of attitude receiver room billy kemp has been getting a lot of praise he got one of those single digit numbers after practice yesterday the transfer from virginia garcia castaneda back xavier betts is back washington of course the texas transfer uh malachi coleman jalen lloyd i mean those are some of the names we're hearing there's also some other names that you know rules had a guy that was a uh you know a fourth or fifth teamer always rise up that depth chart to every year he's coached in college What's your take on the receiver room? Is there a player you're circling and waiting for kind of a breakout year? I'm excited about all of them, but I got a chance to sit with Malachi Coleman. I wanted to practice and talk to him, and he talked to some of my boys from my organization that I took down, and I just really love his heart, man. I'm a, I mean, I'm a fanatic for the big, obviously, big physical fast receivers, uh, but just hearing that young man's story, his heart, uh, what he wants to come in here and do, uh, made me a huge fan just talking with him the short 10, 15 minutes that I did. So I'm definitely looking for him. But I love the return of Xavier Betts. I was a huge Xavier Betts fan, so I love that uh, rules giving him a shot to come out here and prove himself. Obviously, he put some good stuff on film the time he was here. So um, they, they, they're deep. They're stacked. Um, I just hope they can come out now and just put it on film, man. Yeah, and Brandon, whenever you talk about putting it on film, from your time playing in the Big Ten as a wide receiver – is there one or two traits that you think are more important for success in the Big Ten than maybe in other conferences? If, if one of these receivers came to you and said, hey, man, I just, I'm struggling to make this transition to the Big Ten, how'd you make it work? Is there anything that you think these guys need to have in order to succeed in the Big Ten? I think it's always blocking, um, and I believe that because it's so – talk about it for receivers, right? You talk about those types of things, those big, those big touchdown plays right on the edge comes from those receivers blocking those safeties, push crack, uh, and, and sticking on those corners. So I think it's that. You know, it's so funny somebody asking that question the other day. We're like, hey, what was more tougher? What was I said, well, man, the Big 12, I felt like they were really athletic. Those DBs were always big, physical, strong. When we got to the Big 10, they weren't as big to me, in my opinion. 
Um, but we, we were we were always proud to be able to block tough and be hard and really set that standard and example each game. So I would always say, man, it's blocking on the edge, always blocking. Do you have a, a favorite block that you threw during your time at Nebraska, one that sprung a big one? Oh, plenty, man. What do you mean? <laughs> plenty of them. You know, you know who we blocked for? So I think it was the Missouri game. It was a few push track um, blocks on that game. The Idaho game that Roy had a, a huge run. I had a great push block, uh, push track block. Washington was another one. Uh, but we prided ourselves on that. And, and Coach Gilmore was a huge reason um, in that. I had never heard of blocking that much until I got to Nebraska and met Coach Gilmore. I always thought it was like, man, I want to look pretty. I want to catch the big touchdown pass. He's <laughs> like, no, you're going to block or you're not going to play. I'm like, oh, okay. So uh, we learned real quick. But we love that standard that we that we that we play to because DB that's intimidating to really be physical with a, a DB all game is super super intimidating, man. So you wanted to play Washington every week? Am I reading you right? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> three catches, three touchdowns. Brendan Kenny, thank you for coming. Uh, <laughs> right. Now, Brendan Kenny with us here is we're at the Pinnacle Bank Golf Championship Day One, Hole Seventeen. The club at Indian Creek. Brandon, before we go here, a couple of minutes, and just tell us what you've been up to with Alliance Sports Training. You got your jamboree coming up here the 12th of August. That is Saturday. That's out at Millard South. Tell the folks yeah. what you've been up to and, and what uh, the event looks like this Saturday. Yeah, absolutely, man. So we've been just growing since we started Alliance Sports Training three years ago. Um, and it's been amazing, man. This year we got seven football teams. Uh, we'll have five basketball teams in the fall, and we're just constantly growing, man. We're so excited to see uh, what God continues to do with this mission. Saturday is going to be so awesome to have our first ever jamboree. Uh, we got some local teams that are that are uh, joining too as well, some first year organizations as well. So it's exciting, man, to get our boys out there to get their feet wet, to get some live reps, um, and to kind of get that feeling. Right, we got two third and fourth grade teams that. Um, that have never played before. Uh, so I'm super excited for them, too, as well. But just even more excited to just see kids playing football, um, giving their all, and knowing that football season is right around the corner, man. So it's so awesome leading a great organization um, that's about building up the youth because I believe if we do that and we reach back and we pour into our, our little people of this world, um, our world will be a completely better place, man. So it's exciting, man. Brandon Kenny with us, doing great stuff. Alliance Sports Training, the Alliance Jamboree gets going at 1.30 Saturday. Millard South High School games start right at 1.30. Go out and support Brandon Kenny and what he's doing with the kids here in Omaha. BK, you're the best, man. We'll get caught up again during the season. Thanks for a few minutes yes. today. Always, brother. Appreciate you guys so much. Have a great day. Good to hear. Get his perspective. Brandon Kenny with us. Sale Varsity Radio here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship Number 17 is where we're set up. Uh, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. I think it may be a go for the boat tomorrow. Could have made it rhyme. I think it may be a go for the boat show. For the boat? The boat show. This is why Schmidt wasn't a rapper. This is why he was a radio host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you <laughs> That's the that main reason. Are you making obscene sounds or are you just wheezing into the microphone? <laughs> Uh, we will talk more college football here. We're on 17, the club at Indian Creek. Gary Barnett, I think Barney could par this par three and not worry about the water hazard. Coach Barnett next on Hale Varsity. 
And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency on site here for the Pinnacle Bank Championship on number 17 next to the Patron Zone and the Hall of Fame coach with us, Gary Barnett. Coach, you a, a big tequila guy or next question? Next question? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I've never been a tequila guy, but I, I uh, uh, admire those people that are. Sure. No, for sure. And uh, tequila's undefeated, right? I mean, they just do their thing and it wins. But uh, how have you been? How's uh, how's your week been? How's things with you as you gear up for another football season? Well, you know, uh, first of all, they write songs about tequila. I just want you to know. <laughs> they write a lot of them. <laughs> the, uh, you know, good. Well, it's been an interesting week, as, as you can imagine. I'm just rereading this morning the. Uh, just what happened in the Pac-12 and how it went down. I mean, that that had to be anxious times for all those people. It was crazy the way that thing happened. And, you know, with Colorado being the first olive out of the jar, and then it just started to happen. And, uh, you know, I think Thursday night, as late as Thursday night, they everybody that was left in the Pac-12 expected to sign the deal. And then, you know, Washington and Oregon bailed at the very, very last minute and it all fell apart. But, you know, that just it's it's been seismic this week, uh, Chris, with all that going on. It's just been uh, maybe the craziest week ever. We've gotten used to it now because, you know, we've gone through a couple of realignments and some uh, crazy changes and people moving and teams moving. We just got desensitized to it. And it's this deals like. It's, I mean, it's like crazy business deals. I don't know if you ever you watch shows like Succession or Suits, but all these crazy deals that go down at the last minute. This is like a big business deal that's out of hand, actually. Getting into Suits, uh, I need to get HBO Max. I don't know. We have 7,000 streaming services between me and my wife, so uh, what's one more? But Succession, I hear, is awesome. I've seen the... Uh, the, the first couple episodes did that a year ago on the way to Ireland. I got my free preview. But no, you are absolutely right. And what do you think of what was on the table for the Pac-12 and then ultimately Washington and Oregon saying yes to the Big Ten at about $31 million a year with about a million-dollar bump for the next eight years with a chance to get really paid after this eight-year deal, $8 billion uh, media rights thing expires because you've got different chunks of it, right, Coach, where each network's throwing in about $350 million a year. I love the fact that the Big Ten's going to have a quadruple header likely every Saturday from 11 a.m. Central to 9 p.m. Central with that fourth game kicking off. You know, Chris, I don't – you know, I think – to answer your question, the Pac-12 thing just—you know—I I think it was not guaranteed. They were all; everything was just hoping that Apple would would uh, grow the stream and sure. that, that would produce more money. And and I don't think people could count on that. But you know what? In the end, it doesn't really make any difference. Things can change overnight, as we've seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sign, you can do these deals as much as you want, but I'll guarantee you, if the right thing comes around, that's for your school. 
or the right things for a conference, they're they're just going to blow right by it and do something else. And so eight years, you know, who, I mean, how much change can happen in eight years? A lot. So, um, you know, to me, it's just paper money and paper, you know, paper deals that don't really hold. They might, mm-hmm. they might all work out and that's the way it goes. But as we've seen, the speed of change is so quick that anything can happen in eight years. Good grief. We, we probably for sure will be to just two major conferences by then. I'm thinking so too. You're going to have more consolidation and expansion. What, what's your vibe on Washington and Oregon in the big 10 landscape? We'll get to, you know, what you think about 10 game schedules in the near future in a moment, but just take Nebraska, for example, okay? And you watch Colorado as they came into the Pac-12. Let's talk about that adjustment and even the adjustment from the Big 8 to the Big 12, right? I mean, you had you had new teams that maybe you played. I know you guys did a lot of non-conference games against Texas, but is Washington and Oregon, even UCLA and SC, are they going to be – at, a, at an advantage, a disadvantage when they make this transition in 2024? Uh, I think yes, from an unknown quantity standpoint, unknown, uh, no familiarity from the Big Ten opponents with, with what happens out there and how hard the travel is when you go out there and back and how it wears on you. Uh, they're going to be fine. I mean, those four programs are are the programs uh, in the Pac-12, and I think if you add, you could add Utah into that as well. But those four programs are, you know, they're the they're the top dogs in the Pac-12. You got the Big Twelve or the Big Ten got the four most solid programs you could get, and, and really, I think. I think probably UCLA is the fourth in that. I, mm-hmm. I, USC, uh, Oregon, and Washington are are programs that are really good and and fan base is really good and you know quality you know foundations and all that sort of stuff. So um, I think doing it in pots going to keep keep those rivalries uh, content and and safe uh, and and. All all through the big 10. I think the whole pod system works great. And, you know, you're going to have some unfairness every year as to who plays who, but in the end, you're going to have the two best teams playing for the championship anyway. And you're not going to have to worry about somebody in the South division or East division or West division, not being strong enough to really represent the conference for a conference playoff championship. So I I think it all works. And I think the same thing can work in the, in the uh, Big 12 as well. Big 12's really been remarkable with what they've done. They have survived and, and quite frankly, thrived with who they brought in. And then you go get Utah and uh, the Arizona, Arizona State and the Buffs. And, and that'll be uh, exciting football because, I mean, you're going to get Utah, Utah, uh, VBYU. You got Central Florida that's been a really good program. Uh, Houston and that metro region. I mean, they're not far removed from a top 10 finish just a few years back. So, no, I mean, college football is going to be so much fun. What's your feeling as a coach here? Let's talk expectations in a new normal for a record. 
I mean, if you're playing a 10-game Big Ten schedule in two years and you're set up to maybe you get a Michigan and Ohio State, but you still got an Iowa or a Wisconsin, uh, Minnesota, Nebraska opens with the, with the, the Gophers, that's going to be a, a dogfight. And then you, you factor in, okay, Washington's right on the cusp, coach, of a, of a top 10 preseason team, Oregon's 15th SC's a, a playoff favorite or at least they should be with their offense uh you know and, and it's it's going to be uh a losable week every week there's no such thing as an off week anymore never was no and I think everybody's you know you're gonna look in the mirror and you're gonna say well if we're gonna play in the big boys we're gonna have to play the big boys every week and it's closer and closer to um, two super conferences, I think, where only the best teams are going to play. And the other thing it does, it's going to it's going to attract the best players. And th- those 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 leagues are going to get the best players initially. They're going to get the best players to come up out of the lower levels and transfers. Uh, it's you know it's heading in that direction. It's going to be really top heavy and. Um, that's just the way it's going. What's a fair expectation for, for playoff teams in this expanded era, Coach, of 12? I mean, how many should the Big Ten be able to place, in your opinion? Oh, I don't know. I think it just depends on quality of play. Uh, you know, you, you're, you're for sure getting one and probably two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just depends on quality of play. Uh throughout the year and you know i guess that's the good thing about the 12 i think when you go to when you you know as you as you eliminate one league and it's probably about every five years you're going to eliminate one of these leagues then you're just gonna redefine the top and re-specialize it and make it even better at the very top so you'll have you'll have more good the, – the 12 teams that get in will all be much better than the 12 teams that would have gotten in two years ago. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, how much did you worry about injury and injury to quarterback as you were getting your teams ready? Every day, every night. <laughs> night. Uh, <clears throat> but <clears throat> especially the quarterback and especially today, you know uh, – you know, my last years of coaching, the spread was just starting to be uh, a popular and, a, and an offense that was tough to stop. But if you had one quarterback, you better have two mm-hmm. that can run out of offense. So uh, I'd say you worry about the uh, uh, injuries to any of your quarterbacks at this this point in time because – all the guys that you should have recruited to your offense are about the same. So, uh, but you always worry about that. And, uh, you know, I, you don't put them in any dangerous drills. Uh, and you go to bed at night and you go, okay, if he's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt in a game. He's not going to get hurt in practice. Guarantee you. I'm not going to let that happen. Well, that doesn't always happen, but that's the way you think about it. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio, here at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. As uh, day one, and a uh, few groups still finishing up, there was a guy up uh, top that was <clears throat> a little loud, and uh, the folks holding the quiet signs turned and gave him the Bo Pelini eyes. 
And the guy's like, oh, I hope he doesn't miss the cut. Uh, the thing was, was those gentlemen, they'd had a few, clearly. They were helping save the planet through recycling aluminum. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And uh, I won't hold it against them. We've all been there. We've all been a little loud uh, after having a few cold ones. So <laughs> it was a funny moment, though. Everyone but, else was but, like. But it's like everyone turning and looking at you instead of at church on the 17th. <laughs> <laughs> and Connor nods his head. We'll have a few more thoughts from Coach Gary Barnett. I love the input here on the stream. Always watch the show. We are invited to do so a couple of three different ways. Hail Varsity YouTube channel or the Hale Varsity Radio Twitter feed at HVarsity Radio. We'll run down some of the, the top Jimmy Buffett song submissions. More with Barney on the way. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Gary Barnett with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, I wanted to find that balancing act of letting a guy use his athleticism and create, but also that fine line of not being careless or trying to do too much with the football and red zone turnovers have been a problem uh, for Nebraska. They've been a problem for just quarterbacks in general that are either feast or famine. And and I look at, at Sims as how talented he is and can you clean up the turnovers, but not put reins on him. I look at Chubba Purdy. Nebraska has been very complimentary of the the jump he has made because he's got a ton of tools and it sounds like at least per coach rule things have slowed down for him which is nice to see and then there's a nebraska kid in harburg that we're excited about uh, at least watching him in high school covering him and seeing him continue to progress so there's there's guys on in that quarterback room that they they need to look different if they're called upon and, you know, how did you treat or what was your message to the quarterback? Some of the greats you coached, and I'm thinking of Hagan or Charles Johnson to the guys that, that did great work for you at Northwestern, knowing when to let it rip, but also knowing when to be cautious. Yeah, I, I don't know that you can balance that. You can't, you know, the way you balance is that you don't do that in practice. Sure. Okay. You don't take him down. You don't, you know, you don't, you've got to practice, you know, you've got to practice, um, thoroughly and you, you've got to practice all the plays that you're going to run and in today's world the, the the play that defenses have the biggest problem stopping in short yardage and in the red zone is your is the quarterback sweep or the quarterback counter or mm-hmm. plays and quarterback runs because you have an advantage you're using 10 blockers when you run your quarterback uh, any other time when you run your quarterback or when you run the ball, you're only using nine blockers. So it's uh, it, you have an advantage offensively when you do that. So you got to get first downs. You got to win games. You can't you can't baby your quarterback because then it becomes a locker room issue possibly. Mm. Uh, not that it necessarily would, but it could. Uh, I mean, if you're taking care of one guy and making sure he doesn't get hit, what about the other? About the running back and the receiver that you can't afford to lose? So you got to balance it all out, and and the best way is try to treat everybody the same. Uh, you know, be careful and smart with your practices, and then when you get to the game, it's, it's you know you just got to go with the luck of the draw in the games. Gary Barnett, couple minutes left. Hail Varsity Radio, Coach Nebraska at this point in time, dealing with uh, some. Uh, injury issues at wide receiver. 
guys plenty of time before things kick off against Minnesota. That said, there's some young young folks that are going to be called upon. And is that a position you were worried about playing young players, wide receiver, or was it a a concern uh, with you knowing, okay, look, my receivers coach can get these guys ready. How did you deal with that? Is that a position on the football team that it, it takes a little more time to season? No, I don't think so. I think you play uh, young receivers earlier than at, than any other position probably. So I, I, I think it's just a matter of uh, making, learning the adjustments and being able to uh, do them naturally. But receivers, you know, it's a different game out in space uh, and a little easier to play than you got 10 bodies flying around mm-hmm. at you. So I, I think it's a, a little easier position to play as a youngster. Gary Barnett with us. Coach, uh, did you have a chance to see the Johnny football documentary? I haven't yet, but uh, and I'm trying to decide if I'm going to watch it. I probably will. Uh, I do want to see it. I sort of got worn out with the quarterback documentary uh, <laughs> pretty early on that one. That one, that one didn't grab me. But uh, other than I'm, uh, you know, the most interesting thing that came out of that is the fact that Mahomes plays quarterback like he played shortstop. That that was that was very very, you know. Just really an important moment in that show for me is to realize that that's how he does play the quarterback spots shortstop. He, it's all the same. The way he moves, right? It's like he's that middle yeah. infielder. It's 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 magical yeah. to watch. The yeah. arm levels, you yeah. know, angles, all that sort of stuff. That's what it is, and he practices those. So, go go find you a shortstop to play quarterback is what you're telling me. There you go. That's where it's going. <laughs> but what I watched the Johnny Football documentary, and it was. Pretty fascinating. It was also sad, but there's also a little bit of optimism with just it. It, it looks like Manziel's in a in a good spot with his life right now, which is what you want for people. But uh, I mean, we're talking ten years uh, since uh, Johnny Football took uh, took college football, and I know you were doing games. And man, what a what a talent that burst on the scene that that backyard football let's go have fun let's extend plays and you have the big plays and then as as that team got better and they took down Saban and Bama what what a what a carpet ride that thing was in his freshman year yeah it was and everybody was watching absolutely everybody was watching and so uh, and then we all just you know you watch his demise as well so it was a sad deal um, and like you said, I hope he's in a good spot now. And, uh, you know, he, he made life uh, hard for a lot of players, but, um, he was, uh, and coaches, but, you know, he also made it tough once he was in there with them too. So we'll say goodbye with this. How has the, the week of practice been? Uh, what's the word out of Boulder? Uh, you know, we're getting to that point in the year where I can't share all that stuff with you, Chris. I mean, <laughs> uh, they won't let me back in. So uh, <laughs> they're practicing every day, and uh, we'll see what happens. <laughs> you are really guarded, man. Wow. All right. If they let me into practice, I could share my notes with you, and you could share your notes with me, and nobody know, right? I think we'd both be better off not doing that. I think you're right, too. I'm I'm joking. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> I Co- know. 
Coach, we'll, uh, we'll say uh, goodbye and thanks for a few minutes today. Great being with you, Chris. Coach Bardat, he'd uh, love being out here. Loves him some golf. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. We're on at number 17, day one, round one. Log on, PinnacleBankChampionship.com, the club at Indian Creek here in Elkhorn. It is magical. So many folks here just kicking things off the right way. Food and drink behind us. The Patron Zone off uh, just a little bit over to our south. And a lot of folks milling around here. You have kids. You have young families. You have grandparents. You have uh, just golf enthusiasts. And, and maybe some, some first-timers here that are experiencing just an incredible setup. We are going to be on the boat tomorrow. The Heard At podcast that was, did their show. Yeah, the boys down bad. Podcast. The boys down bad. Shout out, you guys! Cool work, man. Getting the uh, the pod done. And if you haven't checked the out their, their podcast before, they do a lot of uh, interviews with current Husker athletes, a lot of incoming uh, Matt Rule guys this year as well. So they've uh, did some pretty cool interviews with them. You can check them out on YouTube. Boys down bad podcast. So Moonbot's been having a problem with uh, somebody terrorizing uh, his uh, breezeway area, trying to take bikes. And one way to drive off people terrorizing, trying to, to steal. Brennan says that some 7-Eleven owner in, in uh, Rapid has played Africa by Toto 24 hours straight. In order to keep the loiterers away? To keep the loiterers away. That's uh, some sound advice. Well, the, the, the loiterers at the gas station, though, there's some fun individuals you can meet. Oh, it's, it's a party, man. You roll into a convenience <laughs> store, as long as gas isn't spilled. Uh, we'll talk about Phil Mickelson. Man, what he's lost. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time for today from the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, Connor Clark. Here at 17, you can log on, PinnacleBankChampionship.com. Get your passes to get in here tomorrow or this weekend. Just an awesome time. Fabulous golf, Corn Ferry Tournament, and some greats have come through here. As we wind it down, one of the greats, Phil Mickelson, is controversial. He's a lightning bolt. He's incredible. You admire the talent. And $100 million per the Golf Digest story with Phil in career, not earnings, but but losses. Total wager number, a billion dollars. You think about his endorsement deals. Uh, Lefty's a guy that some folks like on tour, other guys can't take, and his talent is magical. And for him to, to win a major like he did not long ago uh, was inspiring. How does that grab you? What's the most you've ever been hammered for on the golf course? I, I don't bet because I'm too inconsistent. Mm-hmm. And you can start doing your, your you know chicken, bok, 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 bok. Uh, mocking of me, but I, I played... You don't want to lose money. I played and I gambled. I got brought into the game called Captains last Saturday, and I played well enough to, to not lose my backside. I lost a dollar, and the winner had to buy drinks. So it was a it was perfect Saturday uh, where the way I played to, to continue to bore you. But have you guys ever just gotten hammered on the golf course financially? <laughs> I've gotten hammered on the golf course. Have I gotten hammered financially? No. I'm kind of with you. I don't want to lose all my money. Uh, I know I'm not good enough to to back myself up in that way, so why would I do that? I mean, the most I'll do is, like, 
oh, yeah, if you beat me here, I'll, I'll buy you a beer next time the beer cart comes around. And the next time the beer cart comes around, I shoo them away before, they, before the beer cart scene, make sure I don't have to it's actually like pay up on that. $11 down the drain for Elijah Herbal right there. I mean, well, here's the thing. I, I was more coming at it from an angle of, Thank God Phil Mickelson isn't an NCAA athlete, especially at the University <laughs> of Iowa, or else they'd be in a world well, of Well, Iowa State's top leading rusher is now being investigated for tampering and, and putting bets. At least he was betting on, on the Cyclones, doing the old home team a solid, allegedly. But, Connor, do you, uh, do you bet on the golf course? Not really, because I just don't go enough, and I'm not good enough. So mm-hmm. those are my two main reasons. Um Note to self, be careful of the guy that's like, hey, I, you know, we'll, we'll play for a couple of bucks. We'll invite you. I don't care if you played four times in your life. I'll, I'll throw down some action on the racquetball court. That's where really? I address my abilities. And also bowling. Hello. Bowling is one where I, I should do more than I do, but it's also a struggle to get my friends out there because you go, you nerd, you're going bowling on a Friday well, night. You're also in a league, so you get way more practice than probably the yeah. average friend. Yeah, that's why I'm willing to put money down because nobody else <laughs> Your is alcohol to. tolerance and your ability to focus on the three, the, the pin in the middle of the three is, kind of. is good. Well, the, there's a sweet looks spot. straighter after a pitcher, apparently. There's a sweet spot of alcohol consumption. It's before you reach, reach a pitcher, but it's after one beer. Somewhere in there, you got to find it. Everyone has to find their own. There is a sweet spot where you can just kind of shut your mind off and the ball's just going to go exactly where you want it to go. Trust me on that. Okay. So Elijah will will bet you in bowling. Yes. Pool. Undoubtedly. Pool. I grew up with a pool table, and I I have two left feet or two left hands when it comes to playing pool. Uh, Slop is king. Come see us tomorrow here, 4 to 6. Hail Varsity uh, back at the Pinnacle Bank Championship. Check out the show, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You can download, and, of course, the video version, Hail Varsity YouTube channel. Talk to you tomorrow at 4 from the boat here at Pinnacle Bank.